4th of August, listening. Posted 6th of August, 2022. Thursday's double episode saw Ben coming round and a focus on Phil learning lessons and attempting to do right by Ben. Pretty significant to have Phil not just acknowledging recent mistakes, but recognising that it's a pattern. The first thing that happens in part one is Kira asking after Ben to Kathy. Their friendship is not over. With Ben trying to help Kira sort things with his mum the previous day with nothing to gain, and now Kira showing genuine concern for Ben and even passing along his best wishes, it seems there's hope they can build something back. Kathy is right, of course, to point out the hypocrisy of his concern, considering Kirat nearly killed Ben the other week. But Ben was in full antagonistic mode then, and goading Kirat by blaming him. Perhaps he's reconsidering things after seeing Ben more contrite and apologising to him, even as he dismissed him and left Ben thinking there was no hope they'd be friends again. Sam overhears how poor Ben's condition is, having had a heart attack and still in a coma, and rushes out of the cafe. That's a lot to have on her conscience if Ben doesn't pull through. We cut to Ben at the hospital, Phil at his side. Sam tries to call, but Phil ignores it, still processing the news that Sam knew about the drugs in the club and even helped facilitate Ben's easy access to it by giving him the job. While Sam's running around trying to cover her tracks while still appeasing Jonah, the doctor at the hospital works on bringing Ben back round again, reducing his sedation. Phil is impatient and haughty with the doctor because there's still no sign of change and he wants Ben up and about as soon as possible. In response to Phil's remarks about being a fortune teller and needing the chair, no guesses as to where Ben gets his sarcasm from, the doctor simply reminds him that although his reaction is understandable, the hospitals aren't to blame. And right on cue, Sam starts calling again just to remind us that she's the one to blame in Phil's eyes. And even though the doctor said it could be hours before Ben wakes up, we see his fingers start to move and his eyes blink open. We also see his hospital bracelet, which has the correct day of birth on it, but calls him Benjamin, when it's actually just Ben. We'll just say the hospital made that assumption themselves. Kathy and Rocky arrive later, and the doctor says that one person can go in and see Ben now that he's awake and talking. Phil is quick to volunteer himself without even checking with Kathy, leaving Rocky to make a sarcastic remark about chivalry being dead. But Kathy's got their conversation from the day before on her mind, and she tells Rocky, or rather Phil, that Phil and Ben should talk. She's telling Phil that he should do the opposite of what he's done before. He should acknowledge Ben's pain and make sure that he knows that Phil isn't ashamed of him. He doesn't get it right at the first attempt. Ben is awake, but doesn't speak at all in this scene, as Phil tries to talk to him, or, as Kathy says later, at him. It's the wrong approach because he doesn't actually acknowledge what Ben's gone through, talking about the dangers of drugs rather than what he knows led Ben to them. Which is rather important because right now Ben doesn't actually care that he could have died. Nothing's changed for him. But Phil is talking about learning lessons, moving on and looking to the future, because we've all been there. He doesn't mean to, but it invalidates the torment Ben's experiencing, and also makes it sound as though Ben should be pulling himself together, and would be if he was a stronger person. Ben is staring at him, but blankly. People are constantly telling him to sort himself out, but the thing is, he's tried. Monday was him trying, but it all went wrong anyway, and it's those instances that make him feel like it's better not to try than to disappoint everyone, including himself. Plus, trying means remembering what happened to him, and he doesn't want to do that either. Phil talking about Ben getting himself to where he was before isn't unlike Lexi shouting at Ben that she wants her old dad back. It's an expectation Ben feels he can't meet, because he doesn't think he'll ever be that person again. There's even some wedding talk with Phil wanting Ben to be his best man at his wedding to Kat. But again, it's laying an expectation onto Ben. 
And as Ben spent most of his life trying to meet Phil's expectations, it's not the ideal thing to be saying to him. It doesn't prove that Phil's not ashamed of him for being a victim, it just glosses over it like he'd rather not talk about it. And Ben knows that he wouldn't. When we come back to the hospital, it looks like Kathy's taken her turn in the room with Ben, and she comes out to confront Phil for his approach. With the ward door still wide open, might I add. Makes me wonder if Ben maybe said something, or if not saying anything was enough for Kathy to conclude that Phil didn't try hard enough. She stresses the importance of getting through to Ben before they potentially lose him. She obviously thinks that Phil has the power to make Ben feel less ashamed to talk about it and to get professional help. And it's not a bad guess, considering we've seen Phil unintentionally reinforce to Ben that talking about your feelings is shameful and it's better to bottle it up. She's aware of the influence Phil has over Ben and wants him to use that to make a difference for the better. This next Ben and Phil scene is over five minutes long and it is brilliant. Scene of the week for me. After Kathy's words, Phil comes back in to speak to Ben, only he doesn't have the words to begin with, he just knows that what he's been saying up until now isn't right. Ben seems to get that he doesn't know what to say and probably takes that as a confirmation that Phil knows that Kathy has been telling the truth and now he's struggling with what to say to Ben because he's ashamed or embarrassed. And because of that assumption, Ben starts off resentful, calling back to their previous conversation where Phil put his foot in it by mentioning that it's different for them, the gays, your lot. It takes a while for Phil to even understand what he's referring to because he doesn't realise that what he'd said was a mistake. But when Ben clarifies that it was when Phil tried to talk to him about his rape the first time, Phil realises how Ben took the comment and starts to try and clarify what he meant. But Ben's point really is that the prejudice was already there before he even started to talk and it already served to make Ben feel like Phil could just decide himself where the line was and Ben would rather lie about what happened then admit the truth and still have Phil dismiss it. The really great thing about conversations like these is all the history that can be brought into it. History that explains a character's stance or motivations, and history that can also serve as a lesson or to make a point. It's part of what makes soaps so unique, as it's history that we watched in real time. It allows Ben to talk about his childhood, and we get it because we've seen it. And we've also seen the many times that Phil's dismissed Ben's outbursts as overreactions. Here, Ben connects it to Phil's homophobia, with the mention of dancing, musicals, and being seen as a drama queen, and is proposing that Phil sees him as other, a different species who can't claim to be raped because it's not the same. Or if it's not that, then there's the idea that Phil is thinking the same as Jay, which is that he couldn't possibly have been overpowered as a man by another man. He mentions Lewis by name as he bitterly recalls Jay's comment about not fighting him off because he's not exactly Tyson Fury. Phil denies both of these scenarios, pointing out that he never said these things. But for Ben, he didn't have to. He refers to Phil's earlier question of what Ben was thinking regarding the drugs, a question that showed he doesn't get it, doesn't get the fact that the drugs and the parties were attempts to forget. Phil insists that he tried talking to him, but Ben comments on how quick he left obviously resenting Phil's apparently easy acceptance of his denial. He then mentions Phil's previous pep talk, when his advice to a struggling Ben was to put things behind them and move on, but certainly not talk about it. Ben's basically saying that he tried the Mitchell way, tried to move on, then tried to forget when he couldn't do that. But he admits to Phil that he can't forget and he can't move on. Nothing he has tried has worked. He can't forget that he was raped. You can see how much it took for him to say it out loud to Phil, 
but he's almost daring Phil to react the way he expects, which is to dismiss it or change the subject or just leave. Anything but actually confront it. But Ben admits that he did react the same way as Phil did initially, the following day when he was in shock. He couldn't make sense of it, couldn't believe it had actually happened to him. But he knows that it did, and it makes him feel stupid and weak. Hearing him say it at all is enough to break my heart, but the use of the present tense is particularly affecting. He spent months feeling like this. Ben can't bear to hear Phil try to dismiss it, and I think that's what he thinks Phil's trying to do, trying to get him to stop talking about it. So he starts panicking a little and tries to order Phil out, saying that he'll never get this as Phil argues back that Ben's not stupid or weak. Phil then turns the tables on Ben and points out that he's doing the same thing as Phil and not listening. I suppose they both choose what they hear, but with Ben it's about assuming the worst so he can protect himself, and for Phil it's about assuming whatever will make him feel less guilty. And that's what he admits to Ben now, that he could see what Ben was trying to do in their conversation, and he took the bait, accepted it, because he didn't want to think about it. He was out of his depth, and he wanted the conversation to end. I wasn't prepared for the Stella mention, and although it wasn't the type of reference I'd have picked personally, it does mean that all of Ben's main traumas have been mentioned since the start of the year. When I say it's not the type of reference I was after, I mean that it wasn't really about the torture she inflicted on Ben at such a formative age. Her words about how unlovable Ben is, and how much of a disappointment he is to Phil, are words that I think have stuck with Ben all his life. But more about Phil's perspective on it, about how he knew something was going on but he chose to look away, or not look too closely because he couldn't handle it. I still don't think Phil grasps the gravity of what Stella did to Ben. But at least here he's acknowledging that he didn't handle it the way he should have. I mentioned before the choice Phil made back then to go after Stella rather than stay to comfort Ben, and that was Peggy's influence. She very much encouraged revenge over comfort then, and you can see how that stayed with Phil, like how his immediate response to Ben last week was to ask for a name so he could go after Lewis. Him staying here now, talking to Ben, is hard for him, but he's doing it, and I have to give him his dues for that. And all the kudos to Steve for hitting us with those emotions too, making it clear that Phil's being genuine and well-intentioned here. I know we all talk about that 10-minute Ben and Phil kitchen scene from 2019, and rightfully so, but this one really shows the growth of these characters, and the quieter but just as powerful acting skills from both actors. Phil goes on to explicitly acknowledge to Ben that he is listening, and does believe that he was raped. After Ben pointed out he couldn't even say the word last week, hearing Phil say it now in reference to believing him clearly has a huge effect on Ben making little pained noises and getting even more emotional than he already was. Phil tells him he's sorry that he wasn't there for him, standing up for him. It's not perfect, there was nothing he could have done there at the time either. But it seems to be enough for Ben, but it seems to be enough for Ben, as he admits that he thought Phil would be ashamed of him. It's why he denied it to Phil, because he didn't want to deal with that on top of everything else. Phil points out what happened to Kathy, another nod to history, and asks whether Ben thinks he's ever been ashamed of Kathy because of that. But we all know why Ben feels it's different for him. Because Phil said it. It's Phil's attitude that made Ben think he'd be ashamed of Ben. But now we know Phil's denouncing what he said and tells Ben it's not different because he's a man. Well, Ben knows that already, but it's big to have Phil explicitly saying he was wrong, and that if anyone should feel ashamed, it's him. 
Ben admits how scared he's been, but has to clarify when Phil takes it to mean something else. I assume he thought Ben was maybe afraid of it happening again and meant Lewis should be feeling scared, that he was specifically referring to telling Phil. In response to that, Phil makes sure to look Ben in the eyes and tell him that he loves him. He tells him twice. I can't remember the last time he specifically told Ben that, or if he's even said it since Ben tearfully asked Jay in 2019 why Phil didn't love him back. He did say it in the Stella aftermath though, and perhaps that's why he's saying it now, because it's invoked those memories of someone hurting Ben, and wanting Ben to know that he is loved in response to that. He also wants Ben to promise that Phil will be the first person he comes to with anything. And that's the guilt talking now, because he wants to be that person. He clearly isn't to Ben at the moment. He vows he will be that person, not doing what he's done up until now, but he'll be different, he'll listen, and he'll be there and he won't let Ben down. Ben's little okay reminds me of when he said it to Kathy regarding reporting Lewis, and it's got the same little tinge of desperation because he wants to believe that these suggestions will help him. It's all he's got. It's a very sweet moment, and we soon see that Kathy's watching on, pleased at the outcome. Her influence on Phil couldn't be more different to Peggy's, and we see more of that in part two of this double episode. At the end of the episode, Phil finally confronts Sam after ignoring her all day. He rages at her for allowing Ben to buy drugs and for putting that above actually caring about why Ben's been behaving the way he has. In the midst of his anger, though, and in a bid to make Sam see how wrong she got it, he lets slip what happened to Ben. Sam sees a way to claw back into Phil's good books as she suggests she can help sort out the perpetrator and tells him that the dealer is history, though she doesn't mention the fact that there are plans to resume the dealing. Despite her pleas, it doesn't end well for her as she's soon kicked out of the Mitchell house, literally and figuratively. On to part two, and although a good chunk of the episode is about Ben, we only see him for a little scene when he's getting ready for a scan at the hospital. The cannula is out and he's sitting up, with Kathy helping him with his gown and promising him a massive fry-up when he gets home. Though I don't know if Ben was entirely truthful about wanting to eat anything. Phil then turns up, wanting to know why Ben's out of bed, to which Ben sarcastically replies that it's nice to see him too. As lovely as their talk was, it didn't actually change anything for Ben, nor did his brush with death. Kathy explains that he's being taken for a scan, just as the doctor turns up to take him there. At Phil's questioning, the doctor explains that the scan is to check for any lasting damage to Ben's heart after his cardiac arrest. Phil and Kathy realise where Ben's head is at when he brushes away Phil's comments about hurrying back so they can get him home. There was nothing there for him before he collapsed, and as far as he's concerned, that still stands. Kathy finds out that Phil's been spending the episode trying to find someone who'll deal with Lewis. We saw him at the start of the episode having no luck in securing someone who'll do the job, and then we saw him asking his prison friend Ravi, who he gets on the phone after leaving the room to check whether the money he's offering him is enough for him to get on board. It seems like seeing Ben that defeated made him think that sorting Lewis out will help. Kathy disagrees with him and tells him that Lewis will be punished in court when Ben's ready to talk to the police. Phil has a point when he says that the police aren't going to take Ben seriously. It's the same point Jay made, and it is a common problem for real-life survivors. There's a report from Gallup, which is quite eye-opening, that you can see on the blog. You can see where both Kathy and Phil are coming from. They do both want Lewis to pay, but differ on exactly how that should happen. Phil's of the opinion that time is of the essence, and the sooner he gets hold of Lewis, the sooner Ben starts to heal, and also reduces the chance of Lewis doing this to someone else, another family. 
Kathy gets his anger, but points out that doing this doesn't take into account what Ben wants, and it's actually more to make himself feel better. Her words about Phil taking away Ben's choice seem to hit home. It did for me anyway, because it's a very good point. And she tells him that he needs to stay with Ben and be with him now rather than seek revenge, which is the total opposite approach to Peggy all those years ago, who insisted that she'd stay with Ben while Phil went to make Stella pay. She mentions doing it by the book again, and for me that seems to indicate that we're going to see Ben reporting Lewis at some point. It's the responsible thing to do, really, to show Ben going to the police regardless of outcome, as long as they also show the importance of other support systems like counselling or group meetings. Phil relents, and later we see him tell Ravi that he no longer needs him. He's chosen not to get revenge, and that's a pretty big thing. Unbeknownst to him, however, Sam's serious about her mission to get back into Phil's good books. After getting Lewis's name off Kathy, she then brings Zach into her plan to get hold of Lewis and bring him to Phil, after she works out he's the one who spilled the beans to Sharon, who then told Phil. She threatens to tell Phil about his involvement unless he does what she asks, and apparently Zach is scared enough of Phil that he agrees. So I guess we'll soon see how Zach gets on with trying to track down Lewis. There won't be a week ahead this week because we only have a tiny mention of Ben for next week, only released last night, and it involves Ben telling Phil about Suki leaving him to die, and Phil immediately seeking revenge. Old habits are hard to break, it seems. But at least the truth about Suki isn't being kept secret for long. We've seen flashes of her guilt this week, but soon it looks like everyone will know what she did. The only other news to speak of is that Max's football match in Woking that was meant to be this Sunday has been postponed to October. Hope you all enjoy the rest of your weekend and make the most of what appears to be a mostly quiet Ballon week next week.